bro. We don't really like the him intro. as a host anyway. <laughs> Whose edit is this, Jay? <laughs> yeah, Jay. He's gonna leave it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, Ro. Junior. Patrick Beverly returns the favor and severely damages Westbrook's career. The Warriors' big three can't stay healthy, and Kristaps Porzingis is finally free of Luka jealousy. I'm Sammy Neighbor, guest hosting on the Clinic All-NBA podcast. I have my fellow two hooligans with me today. JJ, how you doing? Hey, man. Feeling good, feeling great. Thank you for hosting. And question for you two, the franchise or Starberry? Ooh. John, how you doing? Happy St. Paddy's Day. I'm doing great. Man, that's a that's a great question. I'm going to have to go with Starberry because of, of his shoes. All right, all right. Mm. In some ways, it's a tie they both lose, but I think between the two, I'm going to go with Starberry. <laughs> I'm going to go with Franchise. I don't like the start tattoo on the head. That's a good point. That's fair. Sorry, that's Starberry. fair. Very fair. All right, let's start it off with some quick hits. And leading it off, Spencer Dinwiddie hit back-to-back game winners, including the second one against his old friends in Brooklyn and the Nets. After the game, he walked over to Dallas GM Nico Harrison and thanked Nico for trading for him. Definitely seems to have given him some new life, and he's fitting in quite nicely next to Luka. Whoever keeps giving me the Laker topics... Can I do that? Damn you. Damn you. No. So the Lakers are 0-9 when LeBron does not score 50 points or more. And they are 2-9 since the All-Star break. So what leads me, what, what that means to me is that as long as LeBron goes for 50, we're, we have a chance every single night. Not a big deal. But yeah, Lakers are in trouble. And Giannis on 316 wore Stone Cold gear and even cracked open a beer guys and upon the sip he said nope that's nasty Giannis I don't know if your you know beer preference should be coarse light as a taste but I think John could hook you up with some recommendations so coarse light I'm not a big fan just to sip good to down John Recommend my boy something else if you do have a Bud Light. Just pretty, kidding. Pretty good. No offense to domestic beers, but I'll always go with craft brews myself. There you anyway, go. Anyway, moving us on to our first topic. So Patrick Beverly and Kat got into it with Westbrook and the Lakers. The Lakers played against the Timberwolves a couple nights ago, and shockingly, they lost 124 to 104. But the bigger news during the game were all the antics from the Timberwolves. Couple examples, Beverly intercepted a pass of Westbrook's and looked at the Lakers bench and shouted out, he's trash. The turnover! Basically turning the tables on Westbrook and the past history they have. Another, uh, another incident during the game was when LeBron hit a wide open Westbrook in the corner. Westbrook took what was roughly a 22 foot three pointer and shot at about 24 feet. Airballed it very, very long, and from there, Cat looked up like he was trying to find the ball out of the sky. And after the uh, game was, uh, after a stoppage during the game, Beverly literally ducked out of the way of the ref like he was going to get hit by the ball. What do you guys think of this? What do I think of this? Where to begin? Wow. Well, you did say shockingly that the Lakers lost, and I know that there was, a, I, I sensed a little bit of sarcasm in your voice there, so for that, first I would like to say, screw you, 
Just kidding. Excuse <laughs> me. I, I just, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words because as a Laker fan, it's, it's, I'm kind of numb to how the Lakers have been playing and the losses that they incur game after game after game. And they have no reason to talk. All the trash talking that Pat Bev is, is spitting, the, the clowning that Carl Anthony Towns is doing when Westbrook airballs. Honestly, like if you don't want to get clowned like that, JJ has always said this in the past, play better. That is correct. Play better. And a lot of their, their, their issues are, it's effort. They're not playing hard. Age, don't give me that excuse. Like you can play hard for a game, right? It's not you're not. This is not a marathon. It's not a triathlon. It's a game. You get breaks. I understand that you're a lot older, but you still got to play hard. Put some effort in there. And they're just getting clowned night in and night out. I do think it's pretty funny though, because Pat Bev is n- as known to be a loudmouth, and we've seen that for years. We talked about it in the last episode, and it's just it's just comical to me of somebody that. And I mean, he just—he's allowed to do it because the Wolves are, I think they're like 10 or 11 games above 500. They're going to be in the play-in. They might even make the playoffs, most likely. And they're playing well as a team. But Pat Bev, you're not a great player. Like, Bonafide let's scrub. just cut the nonsense out of here, okay? You're—you're you're solid. He can't play. Maybe above-average defender, but let's be real. That's it. No disrespect and whatsoever. You—you can talk now because your team's doing well, but stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> well, even Pat Bev was flexing on LeBron, taunting him, and, you know, at, at the end of it, kind of pat LeBron in the back and said, like, nah, man, I'm just playing with you. But all jokes aside, like, Pat Bev and Carl Anthony Towns, I've heard takes, for example, from Stephen A. Smith that said, hey, you guys are classless, you haven't proved anything yet, which is true, but Westbrook kind of brought that smack talking to himself, man. Like, he brought that attitude all the times that Westbrook does the short man. Oh, rock in the cradle. He rocks the cradle. The rock a yeah. baby. Rocks the cradle. And he just, he's a loud mouth. The things that he says about coming into the season without an expectation to win. And you're in Lakerland. You can't just say those things. Like, that's what makes you enemy number one for not only the opponent's team, but even your own fan base that's talking smack to you at your own games. Am I am I hitting the target, Sammy, on that? What do you think? I think so. I think with Westbrook, even after this game, he already went back in the press and said no one on the Wolves has done anything. Like, he can't help but get back into it. <laughs> to which Bev couldn't help but respond in a tweet again. And I think it comes back to... So Westbrook kind of brings it on himself, and maybe the other part of this, and this is just me speculating, so when the Wolves traded for Beverly, they kind of put it out there that they wanted him to be like an emotional leader for that team, because that team is full of a lot of young kids, guys who hadn't gone anywhere before outside of maybe the first round of the playoffs for Cat. And Bev, although he obviously has never been a star player, has had some playoff experience, has obviously been around the league for a while, is known as a tough, hard, hard-nosed, gritty player. And I almost wonder if he even exaggerates it a little more to instill some confidence in the rest of those guys in that team. Like during this game, it's even if the Lakers aren't playing well this year, it's like we're beating down LeBron James. Like let's celebrate this and let's own the moment. And I almost wonder if that played into this a little bit. And it does make me wonder, a question for both of you from that, 
is this team like like we're saying is going to be in the plan and is going to be favored to make the playoffs do we look at this team as a team on the rise now and as one that let's say they play memphis in round one given steph's injury which we'll talk about later if memphis lines is the two and minnesota is the seven do we give them any shot of pulling that shocking upset and what do we think of this team's prospects for this year and going forward I give him a. That's a great oh, question. Man. You want to go ahead and start, JJ? Yeah. No, I, I just said, oh man, because my part of me wants to say, yes, give them a chance. They'll be a threat. They could pull an upset even. And they have all these young pieces. And what's more dangerous than a young team that's really hungry? But, and this is the only but, we are speaking of the Timberwolves. And they have let us down, not just last year, and the year before that, and the year before that. Bruh. And do I need to keep going forward? And KG back? literally had to get out of there to win anything, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, KG, good, good example, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. John, what do you think? Is that. No, <laughs> I, uh, I give him a real shot, actually. And I think that the. The jump that Carl Anthony Towns has made this year, I don't think anybody saw coming. He is playing the way that he was supposed to be playing when he first got drafted, overall number one. And then you have the rise of Anthony Edwards, who is a rising star. And then you have D'Angelo Russell. I think if he accepts the role of being a distributor and not jacking up all these shots, I think that the Timberwolves could actually make a lot of noise. Can they beat the Grizzlies? I don't know. The Grizzlies are an elite, I want to say elite, or close to elite defensively. They've been playing that way, and I think that they'll they'll be able to neutralize a lot of what Minnesota tries to do. So I would probably, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say no. I'd give them a shot, but not a not a lot uh, a good one. I think you make a great point, and I would say this to go along with what you mentioned about about Cat and. Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. I definitely think you're right about Russell. He needs to be the clear number three in that series, assuming that that's where we go. I do think if they have a shot, Cat's going to be Cat. I think I personally think it comes down to Anthony Edwards and if he can take a step up in that series. I would give them a better shot against Memphis than I would Golden State, mainly because for Memphis, they might have made the first round last year, but this is also an inexperienced team, and it's very different to be in playoff ball as the favorite. If Golden State does manage to end up as the two, I think they have no shot against the Warriors. Just because the Warriors have been here so many times, they're not going to, just because they missed one year, they're not going to back down from the spotlight. You know, this is a team that's very playoff hardened, has all that experience. Memphis doesn't. I still, I agree with you. I think Memphis wins that series maybe in six, but I see a path for Minnesota to pull the shocker against them that I do not see against Golden State in any way. All right, so from there, I'm going to take us to the next topic of the Warriors. So Steph sprained a ligament in his left foot and is going to be out indefinitely. Initial reports came out that the x-rays were negative, but now new reports are coming out saying that we don't know the extent of the injury yet. This occurred against the Celtics in a game the Celtics won 110-88. Marcus Smart went diving for a ball near the foot of Curry, and that was the play that caused him to get hurt. Steph left the game from there, and Steve Kerr was seen pretty much shouting at Smart, who he's coached in USA Basketball before, that you were trying to hurt him, was the quote, if you read Curry's lips. What did you guys think of this play, and uh, 
what do you think uh, this will mean for Golden State going forward? John, go ahead. I want to hear what so, you have to say. Before I get into that, the play itself, I, I do want to say that about the latest report saying that the results are still inconclusive. Maybe it's just me being the skeptic, but isn't that, don't you guys find that weird? I mean, this is the NBA with some of the best doctors, best people to read MRIs. I mean, the MRI came out already, right? I mean, I, I just don't, it, to me, it's weird that they're still reviewing it. Is there, is there something just like odd with the MRI itself? What do you guys think about that? It makes me wonder if they need, either they need additional imaging because something is unclear and they need a different style of imaging and that's just being very vague, I know, or if there's something that they didn't quite like that they don't want to announce yet because they don't know the extent. That's my yeah. opinion. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, it could be just from my personal experience from injuries. The injury itself could have made, for example, the ankle more swollen and because of that, it could dilute the, the results. Diagnosis. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's not good though. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. That's that's my reaction. Oh yeah, you make a good point. Okay, I stand corrected. Sorry, I was just being a, a negative Nancy Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> okay. So to the the play, and I know we're gonna spend some time on this, and we're probably gonna there might be a little bit of friction, but I'm gonna go, and I'll preface with this. I know Marcus Smart is not known to be a. He's known to be kind of a dirty player. He plays hard, and I think because of that, there can be a conception or there, there's a perception of him that he is a dirty player. And I know he maybe he's had some things in the past that, that can be questionable, but honestly, I actually think he's just a hard player. And does he make some decisions that are probably, that maybe he shouldn't make, that are, dangerous I would not argue with that I think that that's a that's a fair point but to me there's a there's a difference between playing hard and playing dirty and I think a lot of times we people get those two confused and I think he's just playing hard so I looked at the play and I watched it a few times and it was so quick if you actually watch it in real time the the, the replay obviously they do it in slow motion but if you watch the play in, in real speed you'll see that the ball is loose. And it, it immediately, Marcus Smart dives after the ball. It's not as if, it's not like Steph is about to pick up the ball and he has the ball for two seconds and then Marcus Smart dives. If you watch the play, at least from my vantage point, it's a very bang-bang play where Marcus Smart dives for the ball. He doesn't realize that Steph Curry, I, I don't think he's, maybe he doesn't see Steph trying to go for the ball or dive for it, but he, he obviously lands on Steph's, Steph's ankle and you know, the rest is history. He obviously got hurt, unfortunately. Hopefully he heals. But to me, it wasn't a dirty play. And I know that given his history and given his reputation, people think that way. But for me, I would, I'm going to have to say that it's not. Well, if I was a prosecutor and you were on the defense, you just contradicted your argument <laughs> with a lot of words in your... Okay. Your speech That's right fair. there. So, for example, you said known as being a dirty player. So we're going by history. That's not a good look for Marcus Smart. You said it was a dangerous play. So when you say dangerous, that means that you know the intended risk on your action. So when you combine those two points that you made, 
I'm coming to the conclusion that yes, Marcus Smart is dirty. And let me remind you, John, not so long ago you said Solomon Hill was dirty for diving for a ball and injured LeBron James last year. He's 100% dirty. They're completely different. Same thing happened with Curry. You just. (laughs) Yeah. You just don't die for a ball where there are two players there. It's not against the rules, but it's just basketball etiquette. Remember, everyone's gonna say, "Oh, Zaza, he was dirty. He did a he did a closeout." And from my recollection, Kawhi landed landed slightly, you know, with an angle. It wasn't a perfect vertical jump. But regardless, I'll agree with the fans, the the general population. Sure, Zaza could be dirty. I could say that. Draymond, you could say that he's dirty. Okay, we're we're including the past of these players and we're holding that past against them. We should do the same with Marcus Smart. But in actuality, I know I just made this whole argument against you. I thought it was a hustle play. It was just an unfortunate action that happened, and I'm very very sad that our boy Steph is out. So. If the Zaza play was against Kawhi while he was on the Clippers, it would have been dirty. But because he was a Spur, it wasn't dirty yet. Just to, just to start off with that. <laughs> uh, that's just my unbiased analysis. Uh, with this particular play, when I think of Marcus Smart, and you guys could tell me if this is way off or not, I think of a much more skilled Beverly, since we were just talking about him. Like, goes all out, maybe sometimes crosses the line a little bit. Like I said, better defensive player better player overall much more skilled but in terms of the mindset so i do think Mm -hmm. past history plays into that and maybe it wasn't quite full-on dirty i do think it was reckless that's a good word i will Um, agree i will agree with that yeah so i think if you flip the scenario let's say it was smart with the ball and curry dove i don't think anyone would be saying it was a dirty play because of again because of past reputation right but but if it was Draymond, Draymond, he'd be suspended for a couple games most likely like, or at least maybe a game. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating it a bit, but he would be looked at the same way as smart, I think, in this scenario. Hold up. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and up. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, yeah, I I don't think it was dirty per se, but I do think it was just a reckless play. And unfortunately, this is the result where one of the best players in our game is going to be out for an undetermined period of time. Hopefully, he's back in time for the playoffs, which does lead me to my next question for both of you. Right now, very preliminary reports are saying that Steph will be back in time for the playoffs, but this is still very unclear. The bigger part of this, though, is that the big three, Draymond, Clay, and Steph, literally got in about a game and a half together before one of them went out again. What do you think this does for the playoff hopes for Golden State? Unfortunately, it 
drastically affects their winning percentage to win it all. They needed the chemistry and to get to know each other with the new group. For example, Noel learn how to play with Jordan Poole, GP2, Wiseman and such. The one thing that I did want to say the benefit, if there is a benefit of this or you know the, the blessing in disguise, if you will, is one, Curry could get rest. Two, the big three have chemistry together and Uglodala will come back, which will be another glue piece. The question is, if Curry comes back, are they able to get it together while playing in the playoffs, which is a huge task. Yeah, I, I think it... Sorry, but, go ahead. Finish. No, sorry, John, uh, to interrupt, but if, if Brooklyn could play pretty damn well and they've only played, what, 15 games together, why can't the Warriors? True. I, I didn't mean... Steph being injured, uh, to me, doesn't have much that much of an effect as say incorporating clay back into the mix after missing two years because Steph has already known how to play with Draymond and all of these guys clay is the one who's really and he's it's clear he's been struggling you know with the exception of a few games where he went off but that to me was was the issue and I think I said that before that I was gonna I, I thought that was gonna they, they were gonna struggle and they're struggling more than I thought they would but clay was always to me the reason why the Warriors would either be serious contenders or they would struggle in the playoffs and so the Steph injury is unfortunate but I don't think that's that big of a deal especially since he'll probably be coming back hopefully with good news from the MRI um, but it's easy to incorporate him he's such a seamless trend you know transition player or transitionally it would be so much easier to incorporate Steph back into the mix than it would be somebody like Draymond or I'm sorry Clay. So I agree with you in a sense. I do have a couple different angles in looking at this too. So one part, if you just look at Steph, Draymond, and Clay, I generally agree. They're gonna they're gonna get together. Things are gonna go well right away because they've got so much experience together. The only other thing that about this that worries me a little is you've got some other moving parts here. Wiseman is uh, back in the G League now. He looks like he's going to be back mm-hmm. in time. So he might not play more than 15 minutes a game, but that is another piece you're incorporating, right? And then in addition to that, uh, it seemed like they were tinkering with a Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Steph lineup. And I feel like that's one of those lineups you needed to give a run to in the regular season to see how it played defensively, to see how those guys played off each other. It was that one game that they put them together and they actually looked really good from what I recall with Draymond. But it's hard to just run that out in the playoffs considering those three together have no experience together. And that adds another element that is something different than the Warrior Championship lineups that I recall. That's a good point. Now, and so that's the thing that concerns me. The other side of this, and this might be a little too contrarian, frankly, is as it looks now, most likely, I think we're all in agreement, they're going to be the three seed, which means they're probably going to get Denver. The interesting thing with that is there's a very good shot Denver is going to be reincorporating Porter and Murray at the same time. So if there's a team to play when you're trying to reincorporate, maybe it's the other team that's also trying to reincorporate pieces. Even though they played together last year, it's they're much in a similar boat where these guys are going to be jumping in maybe a few games. I know Porter, excuse me, Murray just got reassigned to G League. I don't know if Porter's back there yet, but they're going to be in almost the same boat. 
So that series that's is going to be so interesting if it comes down to that because you're literally going to have these lineups that did not play together all year. And all of a sudden you're going to be stepping out in the playoffs and these two teams are just going to go at it, try to fit these moving pieces, and in this weird way, whoever gets out of it found a way to, to mesh their team together before you go into like really high-level playoff basketball. So I don't know if that'll be a blessing in disguise for the Warriors to get that particular team because of the circumstance, but I just found it a really interesting back point considering that's probably going to be the matchup. It'll be a 60 turnover a game series. Probably. We got hey, a before believer! we uh, jump to the next topic, I know we're, we're going to go there. I did have a real talk. If Marcus Smart dove into someone like the dunk contest runner-up Juan Toscano Anderson, do you think anybody would care? Probably not, right? No. It would have gotten a tweet. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and that probably would have... I'm just being real. No no offense to Juan, but that's just reality. You right. lose! That's, you're right. So... Yeah. I'm sure you were saying the same thing when Solomon <laughs> Hill jumped out of the front. So. I was... <laughs> right. I, I, I had the same take as you did. My, my takes changed depending on the players. <laughs> oh, trust me, when Kawhi dunked and landed on Joe Ingles' foot last year in the playoffs, I just assumed that it was dirty because it was Joe Ingles and it was Kawhi. It didn't even matter that Ingles was there and Kawhi landed on him. It was just a dirty play. So It's always it is. It's, it's been his fault ever since the Clippers cut him. He's been out for wow. a while. Wow. 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 All right, I'm going to move us into Dub or Dud. Plenty of topics tonight. We're going to start during that Nets loss we discussed earlier, the Mavericks. A Nets fan courtside looked at Katie and said, Kevin, you got to take this game over. To which Durant politely replied with, quote, you got to shut the F up and sit down. Who is my daddy? This was in Brooklyn. So you guys tell me, dub or dud on Katie's response to the fan? Dub. And I'm going to say that because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Kevin Durant is clearly in de-gaff mode. And if you people that are listening don't know what that is, you can look that up on your own. It's an acronym. But he clearly, I mean, to say that to a fan, a fan of your own team that's cheering for you, that wants your team to win, is it's pretty audacious, uh, I would say. And so, and it doesn't surprise me that it's KD, but I'm going to give it a dub because, I, you know, sometimes these fans, they get away with saying a lot of stuff. They, they feel like they can because they pay a ticket and they I mean they are paying customers but that doesn't give you the right to say whatever you want let's let's just uh you know lay lay all the cards on the table there <laughs> that's pretty funny because all the fan was trying to do was hype up his boy Katie and Katie even took that sensitive sensitive <laughs> told, told homie shut the f up it's like damn dude you can't say anything to him can't say anything negative can't even say anything you, positive. You can't even so, greet him happy birthday. Hey, <laughs> you can't even <laughs> say I love you, dude. So, Katie, I'll say it's a dub. You need dubs since you've been losing. There you go. Give him that dub. Well, yeah. I'm going to give this a dud only because I feel like Katie must have thought he was on Twitter and replied with a burner account. <laughs> but it happened that he was on the court. Um... <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's just like you're at home. Clearly, you're, the the fan there he wants to see you win. He's trying to root you on, man. It's like, what, what are we what are we gonna do, man? Like, you, you just want everyone to watch the game in total silence, or what? I mean, 
If it was on the road and it was someone like trying to heckle you, I totally get it, but I just thought that was a bit extreme, even for him. But anyway, moving on to the next one. Paul Pierce says he would have won not one, not two, not three, not four, <laughs> but five championships if he had, quote, had the chance to play with the talent James Harden's played with. So thinking of Durant, Kyrie, Westbrook, Irving, Chris Paul, for example. Dub or dud? Jay, I'll start with you. I would say this is a dud just because John keeps sending us pictures of Paul Pierce in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I can't think of that dude as a winner after that. Now I'm just playing. But Paul Pierce, why are you throwing shots at, uh, at James Harden and the talent he's played with? You played with KG and Ray Allen with a loaded bench, man. Like, Posey. Yeah. You should have won more than Rasheed one. Wallace. So, yeah. Rasheed Wallace. Posey, and James Posey, Tony Allen. On. I'm going to say dud. Yeah, 100% dud for the same reason, JJ. I mean, you played with Hall of Famers. Two guys were on the 75 anniversary team for crying out loud. And maybe, maybe yeah, Paul Pierce, if you faked four other serious, critical, career-ending injuries, <laughs> then maybe you would have five titles. I'm not in my back. Yeah, man. This is an absolute dud. I mean, if you had been playing with some of the earlier teams he'd been playing with throughout his career, sure, he'd have an argument. But you made it back to the finals. You didn't get it done. That team with the talent they had at minimum should have won two, really, and they didn't do it. So yep. this is a dud. Yep. All right, next topic. On Draymond Green's podcast, he hosted MVP candidate Joel Embiid and said, quote, hopefully we will meet y'all in the finals because as you know, like nobody else in the league, I'm locking that S up. Dub or dud for this interview and that comment. John, go for it. I'm going to say dub. I love the confidence. I love, you know, Draymond is, he can be, uh, some people may call it delusional, but he's a hell of a defender. Arguably in the top three every year as one of the best defenders. Defensive player of the year candidate year after year. So I, I like it. I think that, you know, even though it, it shows a lot of confidence, it's also kind of mentally, it, it just gets you in other players' heads, opponents' heads. It reminds me of what Kobe used to do. He would always try to, he was always planning and, and doing things off the court or even you know to try to get an advantage over his opponents and over the rest of the competition and I think that's what Draymond's doing here but it's you know it's all in fun but I think that Draymond is, is smarter than people give him credit for I'm going to say this is definitely a dub because there's nothing like when friends are able to talk smack to each other and just be upfront and honest and for our Pod listeners out there, just as a little uh, trivia info, we, we, us three in here, actually used to be roommates, funnest times of my life, and we used to play Call of Duty and used to talk a lot of smack, and I'm not talking about just like your regular insults. We used to get pretty, pretty, uh, our game levels up there for talk, uh, smack talking, so just reminds me of that. And I love it. I love that kind of attitude. Yeah, for sure, man. This is definitely a dub in my book, too. Uh, Draymond is one of those players. The more he's done media, the more I, I just love his personality, the way he presents himself. 
And I think, John, like you were saying, I mean, the guy's 6'7", 6'8", and he keeps on finishing in the finals for Defensive Player of the Year, winning the award. You have to have confidence if you're going to step up and take the best players in the league on. And clearly, Draymond genuinely believes he's the best defensive player in the league. And you're not going to be unless you truly believe you can stop guys like this. So I love that he's flat out welcoming the challenge and asking for it to be brought on. And just to give some context to this, when they interviewed, they were laughing when they said this. It wasn't like it turned into an argument. It was kind of along the lines of what JJ just mentioned for our Call of Duty Wars, though some of those turned into shouting by the time we were done, depending on who was losing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I think this is a massive dub. So our last dub or dud of the night, this one's got some backstory. So after a Mavericks win, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mavericks power forward, was interviewed and took what seemed to be a shuttle shot, a subtle shot at Christoph Porzingis, where he said, and I'm quoting, I feel on our team, there's no jealousy now. The Mavs are 10-2 and <laughs> since trading Porzingis away from Spencer Dinwiddie in a deal that most people largely said was just a flat-out sell-off to get Porzingis off the team. Little back history on why this seems to be related to Porzingis. A couple times in the last season, Porzingis had some very interesting reactions to things. So, in April of 2021, Doncic hit an amazing game winner against Memphis, and his teammates went absolutely nuts. And then Porzingis sat there behind the three-point line, just pointing at the clock to say, does it count or not? What? No reaction, no celebration, nothing <laughs> like that. Just watch the clip before the podcast to, to verify that. Another piece of this, and this is more just interesting backstory. In September of 2021, Mark Cuban was interviewed on 97.1 The Eagle and explained how, in his eyes, a telltale sign of the strength of the relationship between Luca and Porzingis was how they were liking each other's social media posts. Mark, you're reaching. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, so, dub or dud, what do we think of this essentially subtle diss by Dorian Finney-Smith in regards to Christoph Porzingis? I, I don't know where to start. I can't believe this is actually like, I can't believe this is actually talked about and people are making this a story. To me, it's a dud. Hey, because, I mean, Porzingis is not on the team anymore. This is just, it, to me, it's super petty. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith is just, you guys are tending to, you guys are doing well, but why you gotta, you know, that's the past. The guy's not even on the team anymore. I, I, I I'm not on me. For me, I just have a, a real disdain for when people are just petty and they talk about things that don't even, they're, like, they're not even relevant to your team, right? It's more just a distraction more than anything, I think. And just being, it's just being petty. And I'll leave it with this. By the way, do you guys remember Phil Jackson as an executive in New York with the Knicks? And, Painful, and general yes. manager. And everybody was ragging yes. on him about not, uh, making any good decisions until he drafted Porzingis number four in the 2015 draft and you know he he was showing up he was this big he was mobile and shooting shots and and now if you think back on it man Porzingis has fallen off considerably and you you know in hindsight it really wasn't that great of a choice so I'll leave it with that I'm going to say it's a dub baby you know why Usually, pettiness, I'm not down with. Drama, I'm not down with. 
but it's the NBA. I don't want any friends. I want to be entertained. I want to see some beef. I want to see some playoff action. And I know that they probably won't meet in the playoffs or, I mean, in the postseason case, the finals, but come on now. I love the beef. I want to see it. Give Dub. this man a steak. He wants all the beef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this a split decision. I'm going to give a dub for the same reason Jay did because I want to see if Porzingis actually gets mad in the middle of a game next year, assuming that he's still a wizard or wherever he is, and actually shows some emotion because he never shows emotion on the court, in my opinion. I'm going to give a dud to Mark Cuban's understanding of how teammates are bonding based on the fact that they're liking each other's posts <laughs> on social media. Because that might be the most ridiculous way I've ever heard to tell yourself that two teammates are getting along and maybe that was just Cuban being very desperate before the season started and obviously didn't work out. So props for trying, but just massive fail for using that example. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you guys for being on the show today. JJ, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you, for, uh, thank you, Sammy, for hosting. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. Thanks for hosting, Sammy. And uh, Ro. Who? who? Sorry. Who? Bro? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Ro. We love you. All right. I also want to shout out our video producer, RJ. And, of course, a big shout out to Ro. It's very hard shoes to fill, and I hope I did my best in your stead. So please remember to check out our YouTube channel, rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. We'll have some more diagnosing the lines picks on our Twitter account this week, and we'll be coming back with a diagnosing the lines episode next week. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.